For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Inside baseball, behind the scenes, it's what you don't see that'll kill you. And boy, have there been some machinations today. Holy moly. You know, if you thought that your life was complicated, had a lot of elements to it, Maybe some of the lives of your friends were complicated, had some elements to it. Wow. Okay, let's move on. Enough of that. There's just been, today's been one busy day. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the Bloviating Zeppelin's Berserk Bobcat Saloon Radio Show, live and direct from the SHR Media Studios, right here. Broadcasting behind enemy lines in occupied California. You got a belly up to the bar? We've kept your seat and it's great to see you back. Tashe is going to be your bartendress tonight. She pours with the best of them. And oh my God, I'll have to look now. Can you see the lava lamp? I actually got a light for it. Where's the lava lamp? Come on, get in there, lava lamp. Where's the damn lamp? Come on. All right. As I continue, we don't water our drinks. Uh, <laughs> uh, just like we don't water our conversation, politics, religion, crime, culture, economics, race, sex, science, law. We talk about it all here at the saloon. Nothing is sacred. The speech is free, but the booze is not. All we ask is that you flush the toilet, jiggle the handle, and don't forget to tip your waitress. Just as I was saying about that funny lava lamp thing. Let's see if I can get it in here. Do you know, for whatever damn reason, how difficult it is to find a light for a lava lamp? And the answer is, BZ, why is it difficult to find a light for a lava lamp? And I'm going to have to reframe this because the lava lamp is right here, but you can't see it really well. So uh, tomorrow night or Thursday night when I'm back with uh, the show and uh, tomorrow night maybe with uh, sackheads. I'll have to readjust it. But for the longest time, I couldn't find a light. And now, huzzah, huzzah, 
I have. Uh, nobody in chat. How depressing and disappointing that is. But that's okay. Now, uh, we have tonight two things. The first hour is uh, going to be involving um, basically what's been happening with regard to these refugees and asylum children breaking families apart. And I'm going to we're going to talk to you about the truth. We're going to address each other like adults and talk about the things that up to this point, very few people are speaking of. There are laws that are involved, and it's a heated, emotional argument, and if you're an emo, that's all you know. And it's taken this long to get anything done about it. There's a whole bunch of stuff in the works. But it only became an issue, isn't that odd, under Donald John Trump, the guy with the dead orange cat on his head, when it was equally important, if not more so, under Barack Hussein Obama, and in his past eight years, what did he happen to do with that situation? And the answer is not a damn thing. So, uh, I have two lengthy uh, discussions coming for the first hour. In the second hour, at about uh, quarter after, Kaiser Schuff, we've had him on before, he's a... Uh, uh, a former military dude, very sharp, uh, an operator, knows all about the military, has massive military connections, and uh, was also a contractor. Did time in the sand pit, did time in the sandbox, did time any almost anywhere and everywhere that you can possibly think of, uh, primarily in the Army, and then came back as a, uh, a hiree or perhaps a retired annuitant, uh, we, we might be able to say, but let's just leave it at he was a contractor. And uh, we're going to talk to him because, A, he's one way cool dude. And number two, because I didn't serve any time in the military, uh, it's good to, to have somebody that's cognizant and aware of what's happening in the military today. And I've got a lot of questions. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to pick his brain about a whole bunch of stuff. Not just the military, but all the crazy stuff that's been occurring around here as well. Uh, Skype worked for me, uh, just as Sackhead Sean... That's, okay, that's part of the situation, too. What I said was going on behind the scenes. Sackhead Sean uh, was sitting down today, and uh, Yid with Lid, uh, the Lid blog, uh, com. Jeff Dunnitz, He's starting a Spreaker, which is what powers our system, my show right here, and it powers the whole thing from the SHR Media Studios here. Spreaker powers this show. And so Jeff decided that he wanted to have Spreaker power his show. His show is on at 11 a.m. Pacific every Wednesday. So tomorrow, the Jeff Dunnett Show will be on. Jeff has a ton of people. And if you're not listening to Jeff live, you really ought to be listening to him in podcast. And uh, you can come here, shrmedia.com, and, and uh, listen to him, find out what's going on with Jeff. But anyway, Sean was in here tinkering around with Spreaker and the... The whole speaker thing was up on this computer right here because I've got this computer right in front of me and that camera up there. And then over here, I've got my laptop and the board is over here and a whole bunch of stuff over here. <clears throat> so any of, in any event, uh, Sean was busy. So if you think Sean has gone away, Sean has not gone away. Sean is still the techno guy and got, got Skype to work. But tonight for Kaiser Chef, 
I'm trying something a little bit different. I'm going to, uh, I've got this, I've got my phone wired into Bluetooth. And because I'm on Facebook, and he called me and then I called him last night, um, I'm going to try something that I've never tried before. And that's doing a Facebook call on the air. And theoretically, I just uh, played with Sean. Uh, we uh, called each other on Facebook, ran it through the board, etc. And, oh, please, 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 everything should be just fine. Just like everything was fine with Skype. But if that doesn't work, I have plan B. And around here these days, you have to have plan A, B, C, D, E, and every other plan that you can possibly think of. But here's one thing that I haven't done in quite some time. Uh, we haven't heard anything from Kurt Schlichter. Hey, there we go. I just refreshed the uh, SHR Media. By the way, if somehow you're listening to me on the planet Zephron and you want to get onto the, the Earth's internet, and people from Zephron, beings from Zephron, do listen on the occasion, go quick like a bunny, shrmedia.com, and then jump into our chat room because I'm looking, uh, after I refreshed the page, imagine that, I'm looking and I see that Mike is in chat. Welcome, Mike. Thanks for being here. Mary Brockman is in chat. Uh, thanks for being in chat. The boss, the boss is in chat. So that's a new chatter. Oh, good to see you, boss. And uh, GJ Maple is in chat. Good to see you in there. Boss, we got two new people in chat. This is wonderful. Anyway, we're going to start off before we hit uh, the asylum issue. We're going to start off with a loving little Kurt Schlichter article because you know me. I love the hell out of Kurt Schlichter. By the way, you can find him at townhall.com. You can find all of his writings. He has at least, I believe, two new stories uh, a week, two articles a week, at least one a week, and I think it's two. His published day is usually Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. And this is an article from last week because I haven't uh, checked to see what he, what he's done most recently. But this is one from Kurt Schlichter called "Can the GOP Establishment Stop Being Idiots Just Once?" Now you see the interest in that for me because once I read that headline, I said to myself, "Self." You fat little fucker, you ought to read that article. So, here we go. The congressional GOP, in its finite wisdom, has taken a look at the Democrats blowing their blue wave and decided that the smart play to exploit their unexpected and undeserved improving prospects by embracing the exact opposite of what the militant normals sent them to Washington to do because, because they are establishment Republicans and stupid is what they do. These geniuses have considered all the possible ways to use the limited uh, legislative time available to implement a conservative agenda and decided that the big legislative priority during the ramp up to the midterms must be handling citizenship to uh, or handing, I should say, citizenship to a bunch of future Democrats who shouldn't even be here in the first place and all over the thunderous objections of GOP voters. Paul Ryan's eager to bring it up again because he's super savvy in some alternate universe. And if he won't, the Squish Squad wants to force a vote on comprehensive immigration capitulation via a discharge petition they would sign in collaboration with the Democrats. How insightful that is and how true that is as well. Mm. Well, discharge this, jerks. 
Apparently, we've been unclear about where we GOP voters stand on the issue. So let me, being Kurt Schlichter, let me clarify it for you, members of the Congressional Nitwit Caucus. No freaking amnesty. No amnesty. None. No comprehensive reforms. No compromises. No amnesty. But the aspiring valedictorians of DACA, no. Deport them. But the children, no, deport them. But Jesus says, no, deport them. And stop trying to Jesus plane immigration at us. But our rich rhino donors want a never-ending stream of cheap labor that is terrified to speak up and is therefore pliable, unlike you uppity citizens who they would actually have to pay a decent wage. No, deport them. What is... What is this fascination with allowing foreigners who have disrespected our laws to jump the line ahead of the aspiring Americans who played by all the rules? Why are the GOP Fredo cons so set on ignoring their own voters' repeated howls of protest? We know why the Democrats do it. Normal Americans have grown angry, some might say militant, and refuse to obey their liberal betters, and therefore they must be replaced by an ported electorate that knows its place. But the Republicans? What's their excuse? Why are congressional Republicans so much more effective at implementing the liberal agenda than the Democrats are? Why do they insist on risking electoral suicide time and time again by trying to jam down and amnesty down our throats after we keep telling them to jam it elsewhere? We get why the Chamber of Commerce types want amnesty. They love the idea of a surf class whom they can pay pennies and then let us make up uh, the difference through the various social spending programs we have to shell out because these robber barons won't pay their coolies full freight. Five years ago, illegals cost us taxpayers over $134 billion, that's billion with a B, dollars. Also, the Paul Ryan party can please its corporate masters, and so Chucky Schumer's crew can get some more votes, and its elite members can get some cheap housekeepers. Basically, Republicans want you to dish out more dough and taxes, so check-writing fat cats can get docile laborers, and so a liberal couple in Santa Monica can pay meager wages to that nice Guatemalan lady who's raising Caden and have their lifestyle subsidized by you. How do you say hard pass in Spanish? Let's not even mention the crimes the normals endure and the elite avoid living behind the guard houses of their gated communities from fender benders by uninsured illegals to MS-13 mass murders. At the end of the day, the people pushing illegal immigration cash in on votes or, well, cash, and we get handed the check. How about no? How about we enforce our laws? How about we normal Americans demand that we get a say in who comes here and who doesn't? And how about the Republicans stop trying again and again and again to undermine and undercut the will of the party's base? No amnesty. None. Don't like it? Go home. This is our country, and this is our choice. You've proposed radically changing our nation by allowing massive, uncontrolled immigration, legal and illegal. And we've said, 
Hell no. Do what your voters tell you, Republicans. Stop trying to make amnesty happen. It's not going to happen. Now, maybe in Washington you think a bunch of illegal aliens worrying worrying about being uh, deported is an emergency. Out here, in America, we don't. We think it's a good start. Yes, the president has talked about letting the DACA people stay, but as part of a deal that makes real changes to this broken system. Whether that deal would be worth it is arguable, but at least the president is demanding real enforcement. But Team Amnesty can't even do that. They imagine that somehow we're going to go for another round of, okay, we'll let a bunch of future Democrats become citizens even though they committed a crime coming here. And then later someday, maybe possibly we might think about perhaps studying the contingency of some sort of keeping the promise we made to stop illegal immigration the last time we amnesty conned you. I have a better idea, Kirchlichter writes. Ready? Get the GOP base excited and happy going into the midterms by not doing the precise opposite of what we sent you to Washington to do. Whoa, 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 kooky, right? No, sane. We can't blow the midterms by alienating our own people on behalf of aliens. Only a bunch of morons could think that's a smart play. Oh, oh, wait, wait. Let me introduce to you the Republican Party. No amnesty. We're serious, folks. In fact, we're positively militant. Don't push us. Because if you do, you won't like how it turns out in November. That's by Kurt Schlichter. I happen to agree completely with that. Uh, Mike's in chat, Murray is in chat, G.J. Maple's in chat. Great to see you all. Uh, Unfortunately, the other guy uh, disappeared. The boss. The boss. Oh, no. The boss disappeared. Wait a minute. Okay, if that was Dan, and, and he said in chat, he's the boss, Dan... Where does that leave uh, Jane? Hmm? Ooh, did I just discover through that? By the way, here's something else we haven't had in quite a while here in the saloon. And boy, do I have some great stuff for you, right? It's time for Happy Happy Stories and Good Times. And boy, do I have happy stories. I don't just have one happy story. Oh, hell no. I've got at least three happy stories for you tonight. The first one is this. This is, uh, the headline reads, (laughs) this is way past due, but the headline still reads, Peter Strzok escorted out of FBI building. Oh, boy. Um, You know, if I had a producer... Um, what you would have heard is something like this. Peter Strzok escorted out of FBI building. 
But unfortunately, I don't have a producer, and that's not what you heard. Anti-Trump FBI agent Peter Strzok was escorted out of the Bureau's headquarters on Friday, one day after an explosive report by the Justice Department inspector, uh, and he said his behavior had hurt the venerable law agency's reputation for fairness. But Mr. Strzok still appears to be an FBI employee as of Tuesday, according to CNN, which first reported the story. An FBI uh, spokesperson did not immediately return a request for comment, but Mr. Strzok's attorney, Altan Goldman, told CNN his client remains a proud FBI agent. Hmm, okay. Mr. Goldman confirmed in a statement that his client was escorted from the building during the ongoing disciplinary process, which he said was being buffaloed by politicians. Oh, poor Mr. Strzok. My sympathy is with you, sir. Instead of publicly calling for a long-serving FBI agent to be summarily fired, politicians should allow the disciplinary process to play out free from political pressure. Now, a consideration for Mr. Strzok and for his attorney. Do what I call Beezy's reversal axiom. What if Mr. Strzok himself, instead of calling out uh, for certain people with orange hair uh, to be denigrated and to fight against them, uh, shouldn't he not have allowed uh, the process to play out free from political pressure himself. Um, Got a question for you, Mr. Strzok. Do you hear footsteps? Do you see a light at the end of the tunnel? Because I'm submitting to you, FBI agent Peter Strzok, that light at the end of the tunnel might turn out to be an EMD, an Electromotive Division SD90 Mac locomotive. Just a heads up, sir. Just a heads up, a loving one from old BZ. Second story, happy story. Southern Poverty Law Center's settlement with extremist organization dings their credibility. Uh, If you don't know what the SPLC is, the SPLC Southern Poverty Law Center is in fact the law center. Doesn't have a hell of a lot to do with poverty. It is Southern and it's also Corrupt as hell. And if you didn't guess by this point, it's also leftist as hell as well. And so the Southern Poverty Law Center just might be getting dished out a heaping helping of its own prior servings. The Southern Poverty Law Center took a devastating a devastating hit to its credibility and reinforced its reputation for unfairly wielding the hate label Monday by agreeing to pay millions of dollars, millions of dollars, to an organization previously included on a list of extremists. Uh Uh-oh, is that list starting to come back to bite them in the butt? In a stunning settlement, SPLC President Richard Cohen issued an apology and agreed to pay $3.375 million to the British-based Quilliam Foundation and founder Majid Nawaz after they appeared in a since-deleted 2016 Journalist's Guide to Anti-Muslim Extremists. Now, did you do the logical, what BZ's calling the logical extension, does it sound to you like Majid Nawaz 
might possibly be a Muslim himself. The agreement reached after Mr. Nawaz threatened to sue prompted the center's many critics on the right to reissue calls for media outlets and companies, which include Google and Amazon, to stop relying on the center for neutral hate group assessments because... This is a bit of podium stepping right now. This is BZ stepping up because the Southern Poverty Law Center is about as unbiased and apolitical as um, Hillary Rodham Clinton. The agreement reached after uh, Mr. Nawaz threatened to sue... Uh, Oh, I'm sorry. Tony Perkins, president of the Family Research Council, one of 954 groups listed on the SPLC's hate map, argued that the settlement terms leave the media and big business with no excuse in continuing to use the SPLC as an objective independent source because what he means is they are not an objective independent source. And by the way, since we're here, and I have about another five minutes to go before the bottom of the hour break, if any of you are daft enough enough to rely on, say, Snopes for uh, a bastion of truth, justice in the American way, uh, well, see my previous uh, verb, see my previous word where I said that if you do, you're daft. Uh, the Southern Poverty Law Center has long been the left's pit bull, resorting to smears and a hate map to advance its liberal political agenda, Mr. Perkins said in a statement. But its falsehoods and dangerous tactics have finally caught up with them, with the group doling out millions and millions of dollars in a defamatory settlement. Another group on the hate map, the Alliance Defending Freedom, which won a 7-2 to two Supreme Court decision this month on behalf of a Christian baker who refused to create a cake for the same-sex wedding, blasted the SPLC for sloppy mistakes that have ruinous real-life consequences. $3.375 million levied against the Southern Poverty Law Center. Now, if I had a sound effect of applause... I'd be playing that right now. Here's the third and the final happy story for tonight. Breaking. This is from the Gateway Pundit. I.G. Horowitz, Inspector General Horowitz, confirms Comey under investigation for mishandling of classified memos. Oh, no, no, no. Isn't that... uh, By the way, if you listen to the show, you already know I call Jimmy Comey, James Comey, Jimmy the Leak. Because James Comey is, in fact, Jimmy the Leak. And he quantifies himself as the most honest and loyal individual. He's the most dishonest and disloyal individual in the history of the history of the FBI. Inspector General Horowitz confirmed Monday... During a congressional hearing, Comey is under investigation for his handling of classified information. Hence, Jimmy the Leak. Uh, James, excuse me, fired FBI Director Jimmy the Leak, penned seven memos stemming from nine conversations with President Trump. At least four of the seven memos contained classified information. Comey, Jimmy the Leak, gave contents of his memos to his friend, air quotes, Daniel Richmond to leak to the New York Times in order to prompt a special counsel, that is to say, Robert Mueller. So this was done with a goal in mind against Donald John Trump, but that FBI, as leftists, Democrats, and the American media maggots are want to say and continue to say, that FBI and all those other alphabet agencies, they are unbiased and absolutely apolitical. Isn't that right, Jimmy the Leak? 
Uh, <laughs> on Monday, Inspector General Horowitz was asked by Senate Judiciary Chairman Chuck Grassley if the IG is investigating Comey's handling of his memos about Trump. Horowitz replied in the affirmative. Yes, we're investigating it, and we will produce a report on it. Now, i got three more minutes before the bottom of the break, so we're going to go right into the next major aspect, and this will probably take us, um, I would guess, uh, this is probably going to take us uh, right up to the top of the hour, and it might even take us over uh, the next 15 minutes of the next hour up to, uh, let's see, that would be 9.15 here on the left coast, and that would be 12.15 out on the right coast. So let's at least start this uh, this topic here right now. And it has to do with uh, the, the new issue, <laughs> and I, I use that with air quotes, the new issue of asylum children. Um with two major caveats, you see, because the issue isn't new by a long shot, and the massive bulk of persons illegally entering the U.S. aren't refugees or seeking actual lawful asylum. Leftists, Democrats, the American media maggots, and some Republicans, they're just absolutely weeping about children being separated from asylum families or refugee families at our border. This isn't a new policy, by the way. Of course, these things occurred under the Bushes and also under the eight years of Barack Hussein Obama. Oddly enough, this is a head-scratcher. This is really a head-scratcher. Oddly enough, it wasn't an issue then. Not even under Barack Hussein Obama himself. That in and of itself, that bespeaks volumes about the biased bleating of the groups indicated uh, translated, when administrations other than Trump do it, hey, no problemo. Under Trump, it's absolutely heinous. Obama, in fact, and, and I'll, I'll leave you uh, just before the break with this. Obama, in fact, he featured what they called the ATEP policy, the Alien Transfer Exit Program, also called Lateral Repatriation. And you're very, very soon to hear what lateral repatriation was like, because if you think for whatever fetid, crazy way that uh, this Donald John Trump just hates immigrants, oh, just wait until you find the really creative way under Obama, uh, the way that he decided that he was going to screw over illegal aliens. Oh, and their kids and the families, too. So we're going to talk about Obama's ATEP problem, and we're going to talk about some actual facts regarding uh, parents seeking asylum at our southern border here in the United Snakes of America. Don't go away. Come right back, pretty please. Conservative media done right. You're listening to the SHR Media Network. Hey, it's Sean from the Sackheads Radio Show. Also one of the owners here at the SHR Media Network. Are you opinionated? Have you ever wanted to do your own show? Have you ever heard somebody like the Sackheads and go, yeah, I could probably do that better? Well, now's your chance. Send me a five-minute clip at sackheadsradio at gmail.com, and maybe you can be part of the SHR Broadcasting Team. Sackheadsradio at gmail.com.
Broadcasting behind enemy lines in occupied California, a mere two miles from the state capital, the bloviating Zeppelin's Berserk Bobcat Saloon Radio Show can be heard every Tuesday and Thursday night at 8 p.m. Pacific and 11 p.m. Eastern, only on the SHR Media Network. Go to shrmedia.com to listen. You can also watch on the SHR Media Facebook page and the SHR Media YouTube channel. No goldfish were abused in the making of this ad. When dirty politicians, shadow governments, and deceptive Islam blind the world with fake stream media smoke, their only fear is one man with a cane. I'm Dave Milner. Join me through shrmedia.com, highplainstalkradio.com, and the Western Free Radio Network at Spreaker, YouTube, and iTunes for a different perspective weekly on The Unpleasant Blind Guy. And catch me on Jeff Mitchell's EDL Radio on blogtalkradio.com. There's no surrender ever. Because truth is not always pleasant. Hey guys, it's Sackhead Clint. I'm excited to tell you about a brand new show here on the SHR Media Network. I'm teaming up with the one and only, all-powerful, the bloviating Zeppelin right, sitting right. here to my left, bringing to you a, a fresh new show uh, here on the network. It's uh, Against Tyranny, and uh, we'll be picking up where the Sackheads left off. Excited to be with you, sir. Sackheads against, sackheads against Tyranny. We're going to chat. We're going to chat Wednesday nights. Sackheads Against Tyranny. Wednesday night, 11 p.m. Oh, it's the same time, right? 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. Same sack time, same sack channel. SHRmedia.com. See what I did there? It's your business diva here, Melanie Collette. I am inviting you to a front row seat as I discuss some of the most intriguing details of wealth and finance with today's movers and shakers in the world of business. Listen in and discover financial truths on a global, domestic, and household scale. Uncover topics that will impact your wallet today and in the future. Money Talk with Melanie airs Monday through Friday, 5 p.m. East, 2 p.m. West, right here on SHR Media and High Plains Pundit Talk Radio. You can't afford to miss it. Human by race, Christian by faith, American by nationality, and conservative by choice. Reverend Ralph J. Chittam Sr. is the right guy on SHR Media from 8.05 to 9 p.m., Monday through Friday. And if on the rare occasion I am ever wrong, I will still always be right. The Right Guy on SHR Media. Hey, this is Michael Wright. And I'm Shannon Wright. Join us for The Right Way Mm. with Shannon and Mike, Monday through Thursday from 7 to 9 a.m., right here on SHR Media. Why are they joining us? For fun things like sports, politics. Oh, maybe some news and entertainment. And all kinds of other things. Money and recipes and events. All kinds of stuff. Yeah, so join us Monday through Thursday, 7 to 9 a.m. here on shrmedia.com. Hey, BZ. So, uh, the plan's working. You got rid of Sako. Uh, Sean is uh, is now yeah. stepping away. I never even saw him. And uh, I know, and insidious, insidious. You know, we, I mean, we talked about this for a man, a good like for the last three years, and uh, finally coming to fruition. You, you know, I'm still in the room, right? It's almost like he's here still. Did you hear that? Yeah, it's um, kind of. It's amazing. It's kind of at you. Holter, it's kind of eerie. Kind of a poltergeist, like a poltergeisty thing. thing. Yeah, sackheads against tyranny. You're listening to the SHR Media Network. You are. You are what? 
You are listening to the SHR Media Network, live and direct, where BZ broadcasts behind enemy lines in occupied California, Fornicalia, two miles that way from the locus of evil on the entire left coast, the Bill Mill, the Capitol, the Capitol building in the state of Fornicalia in Shatramento. Too close, too close for government, too close. Now, I was going to tell you a story, and I was continuing to regale that story to you about the truth regarding uh, what's going on with, with alien children, with these poor little darlings who are locked up behind, oh, that wire and chain link fences, and it looks so bad and it's terrible. Well, like I said, Obama featured his ATEP policy, which was the Alien Transfer Exit Program, which was also called lateral repatriation. There's a reason for that. And and here's an example uh, that I found in an article. Montez was put on a plane flown halfway across the country and bussed to the California-Mexican border. At 2 a.m. on a Tuesday, U.S. border authorities took off his handcuffs and escorted him to a gate leading to the desert city of Mexicali. Montez was back in Mexico, but about 1,200 miles away from where he'd started. But under Obama, that was just considered good policy. Lateral repatriation. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Get the lateral part? I'm sure you do. But wait, um, did you read of this then or did you hear of it now? Obama's policy. Well, of course you didn't. Uh, But immigrants' rights activists had long cautioned that lateral repatriation breaks up families. Oh, no, not under Barack Obama. The reason is fairly simple. Many male Mexican nationals who are detained trying to cross the border often come with their families in tow. When ATEP is used, the men are captured and taken thousands of miles away while their wives, partners, and children are placed in immigrant detention centers. Now there's more under Obama as well. Did you hear about this? Single Mexican fathers or men who traveled without an adult female companion while attempting to cross the U.S.-Mexico border with children, when subject to ATEP, had their children separated from them, unaccompanied minors would then be placed into the custody of the Office of Refugee Resettlement. Such custody is supposed to be temporary and ORR is supposed to release children to an identified family member or sponsor. Because of Homeland Security dismissal of the need for accountability, it's unclear exactly how many children were separated from their families under that Obama-era policy. Unclear. Or do you think, like BZ, that that was purposeful? Purposeful. But that's okay. That, that was Obama, after all. The single smartest and most compassionate man in any room, anywhere, anytime. Now, caught at a brief moment in time when she was relatively cogent, uh, here's an audio cut of the lovely Nancy Pelosi where she decides that she, of all people, she's going to play the religious card. Nancy Pelosi believes in church to the extent that, um, let's see, the Hell's Angels believe in church. Mm, That's a deep reference. You're going to have to go to your favorite search engine to find out about that. The uh, legislation has has been described by our colleagues and I touched upon is totally unworthy of America. It's a bad bill to begin with. 
And so when the president says he's not going to sign it, it just goes to show you how low his standards are. And the very hypocrisy of the attorney general to quote the Bible, the hypocrisy of all people of faith in our country. Not oh, because, my God, Nancy Pelosi, Nancy, Nancy Pelosi, boy, does she have standing with regard to religion, right? She's a, she is, when anybody thinks about religion, me, everybody, we all think about Nancy Pelosi. Not to clamor for this, uh, for, uh, for what the, the administration is doing to end whether it's to deprive the dreamers of the respect they deserve or whether it's taking babies away from their mothers and fathers. I'm mother of five. Uh, my interest in uh, government and politics stems from my concern. Of okay, I, you know what? Uh, it's one minute and 51 seconds long, and I'm already tired of you, Nancy Pelosi, from the WashingtonTimes.com. Nancy Pelosi blasts the hypocrisy of all people of faith over border policy dispute. House Minority Leader Nancy Pelosi unleashed a broadside against all people of faith in our country on Friday over prosecutions of illegal immigrants on the southern border. Attorney General Jeff Sessions' recent comments that respecting the rule of law is a biblical principle sparked a scathing response from the California California Democrat on Friday, Mrs. Pelosi accused the Trump administration, its surrogates, and all people of faith of gross hypocrisy for not agreeing with her preferred policy regarding the children of illegal immigrants. Parents who illegally cross into the U.S. are briefly separated from children for up to three weeks while the case is adjudicated. Minors are given medical care, meals, and educational material in accordance with federal Regulation. San Fran Nan, hey, dudette, pot, meeting kettle black, okay? That would be you, madame. First, someone must have caught you at a semi-lucid hour when you weren't either tippling or you weren't veritably nuts at that time. Uh, what AG Sessions actually said, madame, is this. We're not sending children to jail with their parents. Non-citizens who cross our borders unlawfully between our ports of entry with children are not an exception. They are the ones who broke the law. They are the ones who endangered their own children on their trek. The United States, on the other hand goes to extraordinary lengths to protect them while the parents go through a short detention period. One word, true. But <clears throat> let's go further and examine how the, the face of illegal immigration has changed over the years. Ten, uh, say 20 years ago, the primary in immigrant was male and Mexican. Gradually, women were brought in and then uh, children and families. Now, this is from the nationalreview.com. Uh, the Trump administration isn't changing the rules that pertain to separating an adult from the child. I'm sorry, this is where I let facts intervene. Those remain the same. Separation happens only if officials find the adult is falsely claiming to be the child's parent or is a threat to the child or is put into criminal proceedings. It's the last that is operative here. The past practice has been to give a free pass to an adult, an adult who is part of a family unit. The new Trump policy is to prosecute all adults. The idea is to send a signal that we're serious about our laws and to create a deterrent against re-entry. By the way, initial entry is a misdemeanor. Re-entry is a felony. Oh, but we'll get to that. Let's not forget this very salient fact that naturally leftists, Democrats, and the American media maggots which to a bleach bit your brain from the United States Code. Okay? 
8 U.S.C. 1325, the United States Code delineates crimes against the United States. The first violation of this statute, as I indicated, is a misdemeanor. Illegal reentry is a felony, a crime. Congress built and authorized these statutes. You know, Congress, the legislative branch of the U.S. government. The clearest, and I looked far and wide, and I actually did find this, the clearest description of procedure that I've yet located is this. And the description goes like this. When a migrant is prosecuted for illegal entry, he or she is taken into custody by the U.S. Marshals. In no circumstances anywhere in the U.S. do the Marshals care for the children of people they take into custody. That child is taken into the custody of HHS, who cares for them at temporary shelters. The criminal proceedings are exceptionally short, assuming there is no aggravating factor such as... uh, prior illegal entry, or another crime. The migrants generally plead guilty, and they are sentenced to time served, typically uh, typically on the same day, although practices vary along the border. After this, they are returned to the custody of ICE. If the adult then wants to go home in keeping with the expedited order of removal that is issued as a matter of course, it's relatively simple. The adults should be reunited quickly with his or her child and the family returned home as a unit. In this scenario, those, there's only a very brief separation. But what it, what it indicates is what you've not been told, is that they actually attempt to find out if the minors in the, in the company of various adults, are they actually the parents? Because I know, I know it's a shocker for you to realize that Sometimes that's not true. That's the easy part. What happens now is the bulk of illegals coming north from Mexico with children are now seeking asylum. Now that's a quote, air quotes. Many are provided cards, and this is actually what happens to many. Many are provided cards from which to read so that the the precise buzzwords and the buzz phrases can be spoken to the border to U.S. authorities. Even back in 2016, this was a very, very serious issue. Now, this is from the WashingtonExaminer.com in 2016. Illegals seeking asylum up 900% get cash, welfare, and school loans. The number of illegals seeking asylum uh, to gain easy access to the United States has jumped 900% in less than 10 years, greatly expanding the immigration population receiving Social Security benefits, your tax-paying dollars at work, school loans, green cards, welfare, and other taxpayer-funded services, according to figures from the U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services. While about 8,000 mostly Latin Americans in 2009 sought asylum, the number is expected to reach 80,000 or more this year, that being 2016, according to a projection from the Center for Immigration Studies. The report said 80% come from just three countries that have already flooded the border with youths and young families, El Salvador, Guatemala, and Honduras. Most claim a fear of torture, abuse, or retaliation, fulfilling the U.S. requirement that they must voice some credible fear of returning home. Hence, as I indicated, the cards that are given these people so that they know what to say in order to claim asylum. It's a game. And we're playing right along. And so are they. 
a little bit later. I'm not quite sure when I'm going to be able to. I don't think it's going to be able on uh, going to be on this show. But I'm going to tell you about the incredible powder keg that's on our southern border. And while we're talking about asylum and families and illegal Mexicans, it goes oh much further, literally, and oh so much deeper than that. Uh, of course, there there is much that leftist Democrats and the American media maggots and the Republicans also, by the way, are failing to tell you. Now, this is from the New York Times. This is where we get into the legal aspect of it that most people aren't telling. Most American media maggots aren't telling you. The Flores settlement, Flores versus Reno, 1997, requires immigration officials to place each detained minor in the least restrictive setting appropriate, for example, providing food, water, and toilets. The government also agreed to release immigrant children without unnecessary delay under an established preference ranking for custody. The Obama administration screwed the pooch with regard to detained children, and hence our illustrious Ninth Circuit then weighed in. In 2016... The Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals ruled that the Flores settlement unambiguously applies to both minors who are accompanied and unaccompanied by their parents. It also overturned a federal district court's decision that the government must also release the parents. So as a result, what's happened is that the Trump White House has been responding to basically an all-out frontal assault by leftist Democrats and the American media maggots who are absolutely giddy that finally Donald John Trump is hemmed in. That part is absolutely accurate. Under Flores, this is what I want you to take away from what I'm telling you tonight. This is the takeaway. And trust me, each Democrat, each leftist knows that what I'm about to tell you is 100% true, They don't want to reveal the information to you. Listen, under Flores, the government has three choices, three choices only. Releasing families together, passing a law that would allow for family detention, or breaking up the families. The Trump administration has so far chosen the third option. So what kinds of options are there? It's either obey the law, as Trump is doing, and basically taking, uh, you know, the, the policy is going right by the law, or the alternative is change the law, which may occur. There's a big push for that. That's coming. Uh, or let all the families go. That is what, here, I've got it. Let's, let's make use of it. That's what leftists want. They want all these people let in. That's the point, period. Okay, so I wonder which of those three options has been touted all over the media this past weekend. Uh, Something about perpetually open borders. That's what they want. That's what leftists, Democrats, and the, the American media maggots want. The emos thusly weighed in the past weekend to include Republicans. Remember that option about passing a law? Now, here's from the Washington Times.com. Republicans abandon Trump, demand end to zero tolerance border policy. Congressional Republicans beat a full scale retreat Monday. Remember, by the way, what I just read from Kurt Schlichter? Keep that in mind. 
Congressional Republicans beat a full-scale retreat Monday from the administration's zero-tolerance border policy, joining Democrats to demand that President Trump stop jailing parents. By the way, they're not jailed. They're called detainees. Boy, that was hammered into me in terms of detainee, a detention versus an arrest. And find ways to keep families together while trying to stop a new surge of illegal immigration. Stop the new surge. Well, there has to be some kind of a uh, deterrence, as uh, A.G. Sessions said earlier. High-profile Republicans said they are writing bills that would end family separation. And Massachusetts Governor Charlie Baker, a Republican, said he will no longer allow his National Guard troops to assist with border security as a protest against Mr. Trump's policies. Woo-hoo! Republicans falling in line with Democrat. We need more of that. Former First Lady Laura Bush also weighed in uh, comparing family separations to internment of Japanese Americans during World War II. Another emo. Thanks for being on. Uh, Thanks for playing, Laura. Now just go sit your ass down. How odd. G.W. Bush didn't have to face this situation, not like it is now. So, hey, I want you to hear some of what uh, Kirsten Nielsen uh, said on immigration camps. And this is from a press gaggle. And I don't think I'll be able to play the whole thing for you, but she makes some excellent, excellent salient points uh, in this thing. Some questions. Yes. Uh, Secretary Nielsen, if you could, uh, what you talked about there, uh, DHS is no longer ignoring the law. You're calling on Congress to change the law. I mean, that is the big message here. Members of Congress on the Democratic side say that you are using children as a lever to try to get them to take legislative action. What do you say to that? Uh, nice question, but just do you think that Kirsten can write law? And the answer, you dumb shit, even though you're from Fox, dumb shit is no, she can't. That is a very cowardly response. It's clearly within their power to make the laws and change the laws. They should do so. Yes. Hello, logic. Meet stupid questioner. Seen the photos of children in cages. Have you heard the audio clip of these children wailing that just came out today? I okay. Sorry, BZ doesn't care. They shouldn't be here in the first place. Congress wrote all these laws. The law enforcement folks, the law enforcement end. They're doing what these bastards and bastardettes wrote into law, and now they're being chastised for doing their job. Selective enforcement, anybody? Oh, that's right. That's a Democrat thingy. And to go all emo over somebody, well, that's a Democrat thingy. And also these days, apparently, a Republican thingy. I have, I have not seen something that came out today, but I have been to detention centers. Uh, and again, I would reference you to our standards. I would reference you to the care provided, not just by the Department of Homeland Security, but by the department. Let me stop right here just for a second. In the department that I worked for, I saw how detainees, and again, hammered into me that there's a big difference between a detainee and someone who is under arrest. In custodial situations in the county of Sacramento, detainees are treated much, much better in Sacramento County and any holding facility than our regular arrestees. I saw that with my own little cataract riddled eyes. Of health and human services when they get to HHS. Is that the image of this country that you want out there, children? The image that I want of this country is an immigrant 
immigration system that secures our borders and boom and upholds our humanitarian ideals. Congress needs to fix it. Oh, yes. Secretary, I'd like to give you a chance to respond to Laura Bush. Okay, yeah, yeah. Bleed, bleed, bleed. Cry, cry, cry. Here comes. That's all they have. Do you see how all of these arguments are crafted but upon emotions and nothing about the facts that I just read to you? And the Ninth Circuit having upheld those facts and determined they're the persons uh, uh, that are determining how this is handled. It's not Christian Nelson who determines how this gets handled. This is cruel. She supports an application of the law. Even the current First Lady, Melania Trump, has said we should be a nation of laws. We should do so with heart. Do you have anything you want to tell them? Do you believe they're misunderstanding the situation? Or do you believe there's any component of this policy? Which, as you've outlined, other administrations have done, but you're using... Okay, I'm running out of time. I don't have time to play all the rest of this cut. Why should illegals skate, okay, why should illegals skate the parent-child conundrum while all other U.S. citizen arrestees are afforded no such luxury? Further, because illegals know it's working, more and more adults, not the parents, are taking children purposely to the border and claiming they are the parents. They could be and frequently are found to be sex traffickers. They are found to be and could be slave traders. That, too, is on the increase. People are not stupid. They know when advantages exist and how to acquire those advantages. Not everybody is Juan Valdez and his little innocent family, okay? Here's a great cut. Acting ICE director Thomas Homan tells us the truth about the situation. And if this dude doesn't know, I don't know anybody who does. Quite frankly, we wanted a closer look at the facts behind the story. And so we spoke to the acting ICE director, Thomas Homan, just a few minutes ago. Here's part of it. Mr. Homan, thank you for joining us. You've heard prominent people compare your behavior to that of the Nazis, to that of the Roosevelt administration and turning the Japanese to bring World War II. How do you respond? I think it's an insult to the brave men and women of the Border Patrol and ICE to call law enforcement officers the Nazis. They're simply enforcing thank laws you. enacted by Congress. You know, I wish that there was this much outrage about separation of families. I wish I heard this much outrage and we met with angel mothers and fathers whose children were killed by illegal aliens, Jewish citizen children killed and separated from their families forever. I never heard this outrage. So I think people on the Hill need to, get, need, need to straighten themselves up here. Let, let, let's protect American citizens as much as you're fighting for the illegal alien. Thank you. We're about to speak to the parent of one of those children uh, killed in the way you described. Did you notice cable news anchors or Democratic politicians swooping in to comfort those families when their kids were killed? No, I didn't. You know, I, 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 the media the last few days, I've been incensed by the, the purposeful, the intentional misleading of the American people by politicians. And they say that Trump administration wants to use these children as political pawns. The Trump administration isn't down there having political uh, uh, sideshows with these children and talking about this issue. The Trump administration wants Congress to fix this, and, and Congress has the authority to fix it. But what, we, what no one's talking about is the underlying reason for this whole argument. Okay, stop right there just for a second. Did you hear what he said about President Trump? President Trump thinks that the solution lies with Congress, and that's true. Why should he take it upon himself when they created the problem, they passed the laws, they are responsible? 
responsible. They are the lawmakers, and now it turns out that they are the lawbreakers. Are these families really escaping fear and persecution? The immigration court has said in the last year and a half, over 80% of these claims are frivolous. So first of all, we got to attack the... Over 80% of asylum claims are frivolous. Very foundation, they're arguing these people are coming to this country. These parents themselves are using these children as pawns to gain entry to the United States, knowing that we can't detain them. And as far as the separation of families are concerned, you have to put the blame on the parents. They are choosing to enter between the ports of entry. They know they will be separated. But they want to blame the government when we were forced to do that. So let's put the blame where it lies. Not on- Did you hear what he said? Between the ports of entry, what are the ports of entry? The ports of entry are the points that you make legal ingress and egress into and out of the United States, not the middle of a fence, not over a river, not over a wall, etc. That's the difference. And the fine men and women of the Border Patrol and ICE, we're enforcing the law. What would happen? Well, you don't make the policies, of course. No. What would happen if we do what we're hearing we must do, and that is give immediate automatic amnesty to anyone crossing illegally with a minor child in tow? What would happen? Well, let me talk. That's what's been done. That's what we're asking Congress to fix the Flores Settle Agreement. Because let me tell you the way it works right now. Under the Flores Settle Agreement, if a family comes in our custody, we can hold them for less than 20 days. We release them. Most of them won't show up in immigration court. Okay. Point made. Right there. Most of them won't show up in immigration court. We're going to go to a break. We're going to come right back. I'm going to continue with this. And at the uh, quarter after the hour, we're going to have Kaiser Schuff. And I'm going to ask him to weigh in on this stuff as well. Uh, Plus a whole bunch of other stuff. So don't go away. We haven't given up asylum and immigration yet. Oh, no, not by a long shot. You're listening to the Bloviating Zeppelin's Berserk Bobcat Saloon Radio Show, live and direct on the SHR Media Network. Don't go nowhere, please. Conservative media done right. You're listening to the SHR Media Network. Hey, it's Sean from the Sackheads Radio Show. Also one of the owners here at the SHR Media Network. Are you opinionated? Have you ever wanted to do your own show? Have you ever heard somebody like the Sackheads and go, I could probably do that better? Well, now's your chance. Send me a five-minute clip at sackheadsradio at gmail.com, and maybe you can be part of the SHR broadcasting team. Sackheadsradio at gmail.com. Broadcasting behind enemy lines in occupied California, a mere two miles from the state capital, the bloviating Zeppelin's Berserk Bobcat Saloon Radio Show can be heard every Tuesday and Thursday night at 8 p.m. Pacific and 11 p.m. Eastern, only on the SHR Media Network. Go to shrmedia.com to listen. You can also watch on the SHR Media Facebook page and the SHR Media YouTube channel. No goldfish were abused in the making of this ad. When dirty politicians, shadow governments, and deceptive Islam blind the world with fake stream media smoke, their only fear is one man with a cane. I'm Dave Milner. Join me through shrmedia.com, highplainstalkradio.com, and the Western Free Radio Network at Spreaker, YouTube, and iTunes for a different perspective weekly on The Unpleasant Blind Guy. And catch me on Jeff Mitchell's EDL Radio on blogtalkradio.com. There's no surrender ever. Because truth is not always pleasant. Hey guys, it's Sackhead Clint. I'm excited to tell you about a brand new show here on the SHR Media Network. I'm teaming up with the one and only, all-powerful, the bloviating Zeppelin right, sitting right. here to my left, bringing to you a, a fresh new show uh, here on the network. It's uh, Against Tyranny. 
And uh, we'll be picking up where the sackheads left off. Excited to be with you, sir. Sackheads against sackheads against tyranny. We're gonna chat. We're gonna chat Wednesday night. Sackheads against tyranny. Wednesday night, 11 p. Oh, it's the same time, right? 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. Same sack time, same sack channel. SHRmedia.com. See what I did there. It's your business diva here, Melanie Collette. I am inviting you to a front row seat as I discuss some of the most intriguing details of wealth and finance with today's movers and shakers in the world of business. Listen in and discover financial truths on a global, domestic, and household scale. Uncover topics that will impact your wallet today and in the future. Money Talk with Melanie airs Monday through Friday, 5 p.m. East, 2 p.m. West, right here on SHR Media and High Plains Pundit Talk Radio. You can't afford to miss it. Human by race, Christian by faith, American by nationality, and conservative by choice. Reverend Ralph J. Chittam Sr. is the right guy on SHR Media from 8.05 to 9 p.m. Monday through Friday. And if on the rare occasion I am ever wrong, I will still always be right. The Right Guy on SHR Media. Hey, this is Michael Wright. And I'm Shannon Wright. Join us for The Right Way with Shannon and Mike Monday through Thursday from 7 to 9 a.m. right here on SHR Media. Why are they joining us? For fun things like sports, politics. Oh, maybe some news and entertainment. And all kinds of other things. Money and recipes and events. All kinds of stuff. Yeah, so join us Monday through Thursday, 7 to 9 a.m. here on shrmedia.com. Hey, BZ. So uh, the plan's working. You got rid of Sako. Uh, Sean is is now stepping away. I never even saw him. And uh, I know, and insidious, insidious. <laughs> you know, we, I mean, we talked about this for a man, a good like for the last three years, and uh, finally coming to fruition. You, you know, I'm still in the room, right? It's almost like he's here still. Did you hear that? Yeah, it's um, kind of it's I'm amazing. It's kind of at you. It's Holter, kind of eerie. Kind of poltergeist, like a poltergeisty thing. thing. Yeah, sackheads against tyranny. You're listening to the SHR Media Network. And we're back. This is the SHR Media Network. You're listening to the Bloviating Zeppelin live and direct from the SHR Media Studios, the sumptuous and palatial SHR Media Studios, Medio, the SHR Media Media Studios in Chattermento, Fornicalia. This is BZ's Bloviating Zeppelin's Berserk Bobcat Saloon Radio Show. And we were listening to an audio cut of Tucker Carlson talking to uh, acting ICE director Thomas Homan about this affair with regard to asylum seekers and children and how evil we really are here in the United States. Uh, uh, immigration court last year issued over 40,000 orders in absentia. That means these people didn't show up. So what we want to do is have Congress change the law so we can keep these people detained in, in, a, in, in, a, in a family setting so their case can be heard by a judge. I would think everybody, regardless if you're a Republican right. or Democrat, wants your cases heard. But because you don't like the final decision, doesn't mean we forget about it. Because last year when we actually went and looked Thank for you. these families who got final orders in absentia, I got hundreds of letters saying, how dare you put your finite resource looking for women and children? I'm like, wait a minute. You wanted them to have due process at great taxpayer expense. Because you don't like the decision, let's forget about it. That's not the way we work. Ms. Truman, thank you for joining us tonight. I appreciate it. 
I appreciate you, sir. And that's how it does work. When I came upon the scene as a California law enforcement officer, okay, in which parents were going to jail and children were present, I arrested the parents and I ended up taking custody of the children if no other responsible adults were available. Okay, so arrangements were made to uh, take them to what we called the Children's Receiving Home, and most every other county that I can possibly think of has something exactly like that. And it was up to the county to make further placement plans. So the presence of children didn't affect my arrest decisions whatsoever. They couldn't. I didn't have that luxury available to me. And neither should they affect the decisions of ICE or the USBP or Homeland Security or Thomas Homan. Unlawful is unlawful, no matter the circumstance, which is why I issue uh, the issue, I say, goes back to Congress, not to the president. They created this quagmire, this pit of shit, so they need to fix it. They need to solve it. So if you as a whole, Congress, U.S. citizens, you don't care for the laws on the books, change the laws on the books. But until you do so, your law enforcement personnel are going to have to work within the legal boundaries set forth in the USC, as well as other fiscal boundaries. It has to be sustainable in some fashion. So simultaneously, leftists, Democrats, and the American media maggots are attempting to cloward piven the situation. That's to say, overloading the system in order to precipitate some kind of a crisis that's going to lead to the replacement of the system with another one. One to the liking of the Democrats and leftists. Not entirely dissimilar to the teachings of Paul Alinsky. Because remember the final goal. Remember the final result is no borders, everybody comes in. But there must be a reason for this, isn't there? Of course. You want to see an agenda. You want to see an absolutely wanton, you want to hear, I should say, an absolutely wanton display of rudeness, arrogance, and emos and emotions based upon political bias. Uh, Here's this moron that unloaded on Sarah Sanders. And I'm going to play, uh, play probably this coming Thursday a whole bunch of cuts about Sarah Sanders. If she isn't the strongest woman in the room, and when she walks, if she doesn't clank, I don't know who the hell does. Do something about you're it. Jill. Parent. Don't you have any empathy? Jill, go ahead. Come on, Sarah. You're a parent. Don't you have any empathy for what these people are going through? Jill. They have less than Brian. you do. Guys, Sarah, come on. Settle down. Seriously. Seriously. I'm trying to be serious, but I'm not going to have you yell out a turn. Jill, please it's call. It's a law, and, and they have, these people have nothing. So this fuckwit won't stop talking. Hey, Ron, I know you want to get some more TV it's time, but that's that, not what this is about. about. If I want to recognize you, question, go ahead, Sarah. Jill. Honestly, answer the question. It's a serious question. These people have nothing. They come to the border with nothing, and you throw children in cages. You're a parent. He's asking as if she can make policy herself. These aren't questions. This is lobbying, out and out lobbying. Two questions for you. Firstly, does the president really believe that Crimea is part of Russia because everyone there speaks Russian? And the second question: um, the president has said that Kim Jong Un told him that North Korea is destroying. Let me answer your first question. I'm not aware of any comment like that. Okay, so you see, you can see, and you heard how it is that all the emos are treating uh, the Trump administration. So what a journalista. By the way, this guy writes, Brian Kamir, he writes for 
of all people, wait for it, Playboy magazine. Now there's a journalist. Uh, I don't know. He, like I say, he just reads the articles. Okay. I've, oh, maybe he just writes the articles. At least he supports my previously juvenile retorts 50 years ago about buying the magazine, like I said, for the articles. So let me reveal this fact. Okay. In California and most other states, adults and juveniles cannot be mixed in custodial situations. It's against the law. Jails and prisons are just like detention centers. Would you, this is, these are a series of questions. Now, would you, as a logical thinking human being, damn me for saying that and predicating that way, would you mix a male with a female in custody? Would you mix an adult with a juvenile in custody? Would you mix a sophisticated criminal arrested on a violent felony in custody with someone charged with an infraction or a misdemeanor? Would you mix someone charged with a hate crime child abuse, elder abuse, with the general population? These are the same questions and classification problems that ICE has to deal with in terms of all these families. You want these little nuclear factory, uh, families placed right next to sex traffickers who are eyeing your little boy and your little girl? That's what leftists, Democrats, and the American media maggots truly want. So, if, being a logical thinking human being, your answer is no to any of the above questions in normal custodial situations in the U.S., why would you throw that out the window with federal custodial situations? Two words, okay? You wouldn't. But that's not the issue. The issue is to stretch and distend and tax the federal system to the breaking point, to where it collapses upon itself because of weight and politics and unsustainable policies and regulations. I don't know if I'm going to have time to play this cut. This is from uh, Terrence Williams, and I got him from Twitter. Uh, Terrence Williams is a young black guy who, uh, at first blush, you might think, uh, oh, he's a leftist. <laughs> well, you tell me if you think he's a leftist. People are getting on my last nerves. Oh, my God, shut up. <laughs> Donald Trump does not have nothing to do with families being separated at the border. He did not create a policy for separating families. Oh my God, shut up. Obama, who, them kids in the cages, were in them cages when Obama was the president. Families were separated when Obama was president, but nobody is saying nothing about it. Oh, y'all getting on my nerves. Shut up. God. Why you didn't say nothing when Obama was in office for eight years? Well, you know why. And enough of you, Terrence. I got to keep moving on. Okay, got to keep moving on. So in the meantime, muster the votes, okay? Convince the American taxpayer. Make your case, your argument against borders, against walls, against prescriptions, against detentions, against current laws. But let's cut to the chase, okay? Because I'm a bottom line kind of BZ. Altogether, too many Republicans won't interfere with the illegal immigrant status quo because of the obvious thing. They benefit from cheap labor. Well, tell you what, let's open this, and I think, uh, there we go. I think we've got Kaiser Schuff on the phone, and uh, we'll stop with that story. And uh, perfect timing. Do we have Kaiser? Are you on the phone? 
uh, my brother from another yes, mother. How you doing, brother Maine? Good, good. Let me turn up the volume here just in case I haven't done it already, and that should make the volume a little easier to hear. So, number one, thanks for being on the show tonight, and we're trying something new through the board is we're trying a little bit uh, a Facebook experiment to see if uh, I can uh, Bluetooth Facebook into the board and then play people that call in uh, just for you folks. So uh, I hope the experiment works well. So welcome. Welcome. You're coming coming in five by five, brother. Okay. Okay. Outstanding. Because you're coming in well on this end as well. Um, folks, I talked to Kaiser, let's see, I talked to you before, I think it was earlier in May, uh, when I first talked to you and I want to go over some of your CV, but the big deal with you is you've done just about anything and everything that I can think of imaginable in terms of the military. Now we are, I will readily admit, we are both patriots. We are both warriors. We have both served our country in various ways. We are brother sheepdogs. We are silverbacks. And we are oath keepers. And uh, Kaiser, after having listened to him, um, I find him that he, uh, that he is a true conservative who has served his country in many ways and in many, many forms. And luckily, like me, Kaiser is not afraid to say what's on his mind particularly when it involves saving the country that he loves. That's right. Now, I want to point out something very interesting and a very salient point, uh, because if I can't promo my friends, then I don't know who the hell I can promo. You have your own radio show and your own YouTube channel uh, under the name Swordpoint9, and uh, your show is called Kaiser's Castle. And if, right. you, if you could, tell people where they can find you, your social media, what is Kaiser's Castle, and what is Sword Point Nine for that matter? All right, yeah, not a problem. Sword Point Nine is uh, my old call sign from the military days. I was served in both the Army first, and then I went into the Marine Corps. I was a military policeman in both. Uh, did work a little uh, intel during my time in. Uh, then went into the National Guard another eight years, finished college, went to work for federal government. Um, so anyways, that's where Sword Point Nine comes from. Okay. That's who I am. And uh, Kaiser's Castle is just a thought that I had because I use a nom de plume on all my social media. And it's not because I worry about anybody else knowing who I am, but I do have, as you've seen on my uh, Facebook, I have people from the Near East. The Middle East is what Americans usually call it. And they're brothers of mine that have served next to me. And I trust them, but I don't trust their family, you know, because, you know, everybody's uncle, cousin, brother, you know, might want to, you know, do harm to old uh, Kaiser. And so that's why I use that name. That's where Kaiser's Castle came from, since I broadcast out of Kaiser's Castle, my own home. Uh, and the physical manifestation of the war room, to be exact. Um, that's what everybody calls it when they come over to my area I broadcast in. Just because of the, I don't know what you'd call it. Any way I reach, I'm going to grab a gun. So that's pretty much why they say that. Uh, and then um, 
the the third thing what was that you asked well i was just asking I social media uh yeah social oh yeah media. my youtube right my you, youtube channel yeah exactly yeah that's sword point nine all small letters sword point and the numeral nine and uh you'll find me so all small letters sword point and the numeral nine there i am so tell me on your show and just in general what what's your gig what's your shindig it's mostly military and military oriented issues right yeah a lot of it and i also have some fun stuff uh i i've had alan on alan's a great guy um and we talk bigfoot and just our normal conversations when we do talk it just i allow people to hear conversations from me and people i know uh, I had Uva, who's a brother of mine, who uh, worked in Tel during the uh, Cold War with me. And uh, so we had a, a conversation. I can't say with me directly at that point. He came in after I did. He's about two years younger than I, I am. But we did meet later on and uh, doing something else, another project. And um, so, yeah, we've been friends for a long time since... Uh, about halfway through the wall was falling down when we met that's all i'll get into on that but um other than that man it's uh it's just me talking with friends about the normal stuff we do and i talk to them and i tell them what do you want to cover what do you not want to cover and they'll tell me and i keep to that that's pretty much it uh, you are a, a an incredibly valuable resource uh, for all things military. I can tell people things about law enforcement from now till the end of time, but my background was not military. My background was being in law enforcement for 41 years. So the reason that right. I think you have great value is I I value your insight. I value your your opinions, your thoughts. Uh, with regard to the military, because those things can be applied in almost any situation. And so that's where I wanted to start off. Now, we talked about you, we talked about a whole bunch of stuff about you, the military, your past, what you've done. We're kind of beyond that right now. What I'd like to do from now and any, any subsequent shows in the future is just get your opinion and insight on a lot of the things that are occurring today. For example, I just told everybody that Peter Strzok was kind of uh, perp-walked out of the FBI building last Friday. He was uh, yep. escorted out. And is yep. uh, is there anything that uh, you think that kind of lead, that tends to tell you about that situation? Well, that's never a good thing to uh, be walked out of somewhere. Uh, that's, a, that's a fact. And uh, I would say this. I will... T- I'll stay with Strzok. Uh, here's what I... He is going to flip. Uh-huh. He has no choice but to flip. And uh, that's why you're seeing some of the shit that you're seeing right now. Is He knows the jig is up for him. And so now it's ass-saving time. Just being honest with you. No, you're, you're absolutely right if, about that. If Comey was half a half an intelligent human being, he would have shut his mouth a long time ago. Well, yeah, there's so, the problem. He's not a half intelligent human being, right? 
now I have uh, we're going to get back into deep state stuff because I, I kind of sense that that's the the material that you enjoy talking about. But I'd like to talk about two stories that were essentially buried because of all right. the, the bullshit nonsense that I just went over for the past hour about asylum children, et cetera, because that kicked everything else to the curb. But I thought this, and I don't know if you particularly have any insight on this, and if you do, I'd love to hear what it is. But one, what I consider to be a very important story, got absolutely buried, and it's by an, a, a reporter named Greg Ree. And the headline is, ex-CIA engineer accused of leaking hacking docs to WikiLeaks charged in massive Vault 7 security breach. So the story goes like right. this. The ex-CIA software engineer suspected of leaking a massive, highly secret trove of U.S. hacking tools and source code to WikiLeaks has been charged in federal court with a series of Espionage Act violations. The man's name right. is Joshua Schulte. He's 29. He allegedly right. disclosed thousands of top-secret files outlining the extent of the CIA's cyber warfare capabilities in an unprecedented breach that triggered an intensive investigation even before WikiLeaks published uh, the information in March of uh, 2017. So here's what happened. Right. In March and June of 2016... Schulte modified a computer run by the U.S. intelligence agency to delete records of his activities and deny others access to the system. Prosecutors charged in a superseding indictment unveiled on Monday. Uh, as an alleged, Schulte utterly betrayed this nation and downright violated his victims. Assistant uh, New York Field Director William Sweeney said in a statement, as an employee of the CIA, Schulte took an oath to protect this country, but he blatantly endangered it by the transmission of classified information. Now, I right. know you were an operator, and you may be an yeah. operator still, and you may do jobs for certain peoples, but having indicated that story, do you have any thoughts about that situation in, in general, sir? Volt 7, people forget, and I said this back in the day when it was happening and Mike Rogers confirmed it when he went and told Trump. Um, when he told Trump he was being tapped. When Volt 7 dropped, I was like, this isn't the Russians. It's not the Chinese. Okay. This is inside. Okay. And everybody knew that because of the your, certain things you're not going to get into. And some of the stuff that he got into, I was like, wow. So this, I didn't know who did it. Don't get me wrong. Just like Snowden, all it takes is one person. And that one person can screw it up, you know, and, and, and endanger people's lives. And it doesn't just have to be, um, it does not have to be only like people's names. It could be the way you do something, a nuance, how you work somebody, how you work some project. These things will all endanger people's lives, addresses, anything like that. And some of the stuff with Volt 7, if you relook at it, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. That kind of sourcing, that kind of stuff will get people killed. And so it's a serious thing. And 
people need to go to prison for that bullshit. That's just my two cents on it. Could you kind and, of give a, a, a general overview of what Vault 7 is? Well, that's where, like, the initial Hillary leak and stuff like that were coming out of. And they tried to say Roger Stone did it. He doesn't have access to that kind of shit. No, and he's not smart uh, enough. It, yeah, and, and there was other stuff in there, too. I mean, but, uh, yeah, people did get killed from it. Simone, somebody in your chat asked a question, so I just answered. Um, it, look, it, it's the same thing. I don't want to really get too deep into Vault 7 just because, you know. Right. I, I just glanced over it for a reason. But what I will tell you is... Uh, I'll give you an example. Back during Obabala's uh, administration, right? Okay. The Chinese had access to everybody's, uh, everybody who served for the government, period. Okay? They, ha they hacked, and I'm putting quotes around it, air quotes, folks. They hacked into DHS. They hacked into DOD. They hacked into, um, oh, shit, when um, OPM, Office of Personnel Management. Okay, that's right. Uh, even, the, even the Ohio National Guard. So I had five hacks on my shit alone, okay? And uh, I got all these letters saying, oh, we'll give you, it's always a cheap version of LifeLock for free, right? And every one of them were like, you get this for a year. Well, here's the problem. They had access for two years. Anybody who's worked for the government since computers have been added, and I'm not even going back to DARPA net when it was more secure. Anybody who's worked for the government knows you have to change your password at a minimum every three months. Usually yes. 90 days, but usually if you're in real class stuff, you may have to do it every 30 days or an arbitrary time to say you might have just changed it. And they're like, everybody change passwords today. Okay, so if they were on there for two years, that means they were getting the messages to change their password. So that means they were allowed in. And people say, well, that's not a big deal. Well, there's 45 million people that they got their information from going all the way back to World War II. Okay, because all this stuff kept. The reason for that, the Chinese understand one thing. There, we don't have a caste system in America. I'm being very frank and honest. There's no caste system. But what you do have are people who usually work for the federal service, are veterans or former veterans, and their family members have been veterans also. So now they have family line. It's all drawing circles, folks. And while you think that might be innocuous and nothing, just like my son is serving now, do you understand what I'm saying? Oh, hell yeah. So now you can go after the parents or the grandparents, and then you can bring that shit up, and then blackmail becomes a, a thing. See, there's reasons why they did this shit, and they were allowed to have this. Nobody can dissuade me of that reality. Now, because you're not going to have access to that many agencies for two fucking years. We're at the bottom of the hour break. I'm going to ask you a question, Kaiser Schuff. We've been talking to Kaiser Schuff uh, for about 15 minutes now. We're going to go on a break. And when we come back, I want to ask you 
uh, because a lot of people are saying that these guys are heroes. A lot of people are saying that these guys are villains. I have a pretty damn good idea what you're going to say. But, hey, I'm going to ask your opinion when we come back of uh, what do you think about uh, Julian Assange? What do you think about this guy? What do you think about uh, uh, who's the uh, Snowden? People like that who uh, are saying these these people are heroes. They need to be treated as heroes. So when we come back, I'm going to ask Kaiser Schuff about that question too. So folks, don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Bloviating Zeppelin's Berserk Bobcat Saloon Radio Show. And after the break, we're going to come back and talk once again to Kaiser Schuff and a whole bunch of other stuff right up to the top of the hour. You're listening to the SHR Media Network, the Berserk Bobcat Saloon Radio Show. Go nowhere. Conservative media done right. You're listening to the SHR Media Network. Hey, it's Sean from the Sackheads Radio Show. Also one of the owners here at the SHR Media Network. Are you opinionated? Have you ever wanted to do your own show? Have you ever heard somebody like the Sackheads and go, yeah, I could probably do that better? Well, now's your chance. Send me a five-minute clip at sackheadsradio at gmail.com, and maybe you can be part of the SHR Broadcasting Team. Sackheadsradio at gmail.com. Broadcasting behind enemy lines in occupied California, a mere two miles from the state capital, the bloviating Zeppelin's Berserk Bobcat Saloon Radio Show can be heard every Tuesday and Thursday night at 8 p.m. Pacific and 11 p.m. Eastern, only on the SHR Media Network. Go to shrmedia.com to listen. You can also watch on the SHR Media Facebook page and the SHR Media YouTube channel. No goldfish were abused in the making of this ad. When dirty politicians, shadow governments, and deceptive Islam blind the world with fake stream media smoke, their only fear is one man with a cane. I'm Dave Milner. Join me through shrmedia.com, highplainstalkradio.com, and the Western Free Radio Network at Spreaker, YouTube, and iTunes for a different perspective weekly on The Unpleasant Blind Guy. And catch me on Jeff Mitchell's EDL Radio on blogtalkradio.com. There's no surrender ever. Because truth is not always pleasant. Hey guys, it's Sackhead Clint. I'm excited to tell you about a brand new show here on the SHR Media Network. I'm teaming up with the one and only, all-powerful, the bloviating Zeppelin sitting here to my left, bringing to you a a fresh new show uh, here on the network. It's uh, Against Tyranny, and uh, we'll be picking up where the Sackheads left off. Excited to be with you, sir. Sackheads Sackheads Against Tyranny. We're going to chat. We're going to chat Wednesday night. Sackheads Against Tyranny. Wednesday night, 11 p.m. Oh, it's the same time, right? 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. Same sack time, same sack channel. SHRmedia.com. See what I did there? It's your business diva here, Melanie Collette. I am inviting you to a front row seat as I discuss some of the most intriguing details of wealth and finance with today's movers and shakers in the world of business. Listen in and discover financial truths on a global, domestic, and household scale. Uncover topics that will impact your wallet today and in the future. Money Talk with Melanie airs Monday through Friday, 5 p.m. East, 2 p.m. West, right here on SHR Media and High Plains Pundit Talk Radio. You can't afford to miss it. Human by race, Christian by faith, American by nationality, and conservative by choice, Reverend Ralph J. Chittam Sr. is the right guy 
on SHR Media from 8.05 to 9 p.m. Monday through Friday. And if on the rare occasion I am ever wrong, I will still always be right. The Right Guy on SHR Media. Hey, this is Michael Wright. And I'm Shannon Wright. Join us for The Right Way with Shannon and Mike, Monday through Thursday from 7 to 9 a.m. right here on SHR Media. Why are they joining us? For fun things like sports, politics. Oh, maybe some news and entertainment? And all kinds of other things. Money and recipes and events, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, so join us Monday through Thursday, 7 to 9 a.m. here on shrmedia.com. Hey, BZ. So uh, the plan's working. You got rid of Sako. Uh, Sean is, uh, is now yeah. stepping away. I never even saw him. And uh, I know, in, insidious. <laughs> insidious. You know, we, I mean, we talked about this for, a uh, man, a good, like, for the last three years. And uh, finally coming to fruition. You know I'm still in the room, right? It's almost like he's here still. Did you hear that? Yeah, it's um, kind of it's amazing. It's kind of at you. It's kind of eerie. It's like a poltergeist, like a poltergeisty thing. thing. Yeah, sackheads against tyranny. You're listening to the SHR Media Network, and you are. This is the final segment. Damn, two hours goes through so so damn fast. Oh my God, so zippy. But we're going to be back. Kaiser Schuff is back. And we're going to talk to him right up to the top of the hour. And again, my thanks for him being on tonight. And so I I asked uh, before the break, I said, hey, uh, I'm going to ask you when we come back, uh, Kaiser, what you happen to think about these guys like Assange and Snowden and this guy Schulte. So uh, do you have any any kind of an opinion about these guys? Yeah, and it it varies. Snowden, uh, I I think he needs, he should have stayed in America to face what he did i disagree with what he did by leaving but i think the american people had a right to know about prism and the other system okay um so it's case by case assange he is a reporter uh he doesn't he's not an american but he has being not an american i i can't fault him for using information and publishing it Okay. okay. Uh, idiot like Schulte, uh, he needs to uh, face what he's going to face. And he's a piece of shit. Um, somebody like, uh, what's that dude who's getting his dick chopped off and renamed himself? Some oh, female? Uh, Manning. Uh, Manning. Yeah. Yeah, Manning. Uh, um, he... Uh, should never have have had his sentence commuted. No, you're right. And uh, he should have remained in prison uh, because he was a bag of shit, just like Schulte, uh, and on the real. But then, you know, what about Obama? You know, what about Hillary using an unsecured server? And when I say Obama, he knew about Hillary's server. Plus, he probably was the reason why the Chinese had access to everybody's uh, federal and military records. So why is he not facing anything? 
and what we're seeing with the IG's report, we are seeing that there is a two-pronged justice system, and the FBI now is losing all credibility. Just like Saltier, who took pictures on his sub for himself, and then all of a sudden gets prosecuted for, for uh, espionage. So, you know, it's a two-tier system. And that's my opinion on that. And like I said, it, it, um, it, I, I have some issues with things, but I also am, I think I balance it with the public's right to know. I think the public needs to know a lot of things, uh, that we call classified because just like we found out, they classified Strzok and Pages. Yes. Fucking shit their names and mask them. But they had no qualms with unmasking everybody in Trump's orbit. Right. So, you know, there's fuckery afoot and jackassery all around. And I honestly believe that the 1811s in the U.S. Marshal Service need to be told, we need you to check out DOJ, even though they fall under DOJ. It needs to be a dispassionate organization. They need to go check out FBI and DOJ and do. I honestly thought the IG Horowitz was in. He was overly fair. Uh, he did not come to yes. the conclusion. Even Jim Jordan said it. He did not come to the conclusion in his final synopsis that he did throughout the entire fucking report. So, anyways, that's my two cents on it. You asked me, and there you go. Uh, I have another article that I I dug up that was not widely reported at all, and I'd like your reaction to this, too, because you mentioned Barack Obama. And here's an article from Gateway Pundit, and the headline is this. Former White House spokesman, Obama knew about Spygate because no FBI director would put spies inside of a campaign without the president's authorization. And this is by uh, an individual named Christine Layla. And she writes, Obama knew the fish rots from the head down. Obama knew about the spies planted in Trump's uh, campaign. Obama knew about Hillary's phony dossier. Former White House press secretary for George Bush, Ari Fleischer, broke down why Obama must have known about the spies planted in Trump's campaign. In fact, Ari Fleischer says Obama authorized it. Ari Fleischer appeared on Fox News outnumbered on Thursday to discuss Spygate, and he dropped this bombshell. Bush press secretary Ari Fleischer said, I guarantee the answer is yes to whether Obama knew Halper and others were deployed to spy on the Trump campaign. Fleischer explained that no FBI director is going to put informants inside a presidential campaign without specifically the president authorizing it themselves. So on Wednesday, uh, Wednesday, President Trump was asked if President Obama knew about the spies inside his campaign, and Trump said it was likely he did. And that's Here's the thing. Man. That's the po- that's Here's the political the- scandal of it all, right there. It's, it's 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 major, but but here's the whole problem. You see the media saying confidential informant, comp- confidential human intelligence source, right? When they say this, this is the jackassery that's afoot. They're parsing words just like the IG did. Yes. Okay. Uh, a confidential informant. You know that's coming from law enforcement. That's somebody you've arrested who has, let's say, a 
somebody from a Sinaloa cartel guy, right? You arrested that piece of shit. And now you're using him. He's already a part of that organization. And you have him going in to collect information for you now. So he's working for you. That's what a confidential human intelligence source or a confidential, uh, you know. Right. A CI. A CI. Confidential informant. Now, a spy is somebody that you put into an, into an organization or you just have the meet. See, just like when uh, I can't think of the female lawyer, the Russian, send, uh, something uh, a bitch. I can't think of her last yeah. name right now. Yeah, it's complicated. Uh, when she met with Trump Jr., it didn't matter that the meeting only lasted 15 minutes. It mattered that she met with him. Just like the idiot that what's-his-name introduced to uh, Roger Stone. I can't think of the other guy's name. I'm not uh, giving him short strip. Uh, Carter Page? And, no, it wasn't Page. Are you, was, ta- uh, you, you talking about the, the fat, guy, the British guy? You know, the British guy was for uh, Papa, Papa, Papa Papadop- Papadopoulos. Papadopoulos, right. But, but, but this guy... This guy met with Roger Stone through oh, the guy who got all these people to donate to his legal defense. I can't think of his name right now, man. Uh, it'll come to me probably after the show. <laughs> but anyway, so he, inter- he, inter- he introduces this guy to him. Both of them thought he was just Eastern European. And the guy meets up with Roger Stone, a Trump hat, Trump T-shirt, and says, I need $2 million for the information I got on Hillary. Oh, right, and right, right. And all of a sudden, Stone's like, I'm not giving you 2000 or $2 million. He's like, I don't want it from you. I want it from Trump. Now, right. that is somebody you just inserted. And if that isn't obvious, I don't. That, by the way, the guy's name that you're talking about is Stephen Halper. Yeah, Halper is from Papa D. This is a different guy. This okay. is a Russian. I, I got my names mixed up. But yeah, Roger yeah. Stone said that. He offered him $2 million and he didn't, like you said, he didn't want it from Stone. He wanted it from Trump. If that isn't blatantly, blind, brain-glazingly obvious, I don't right. know what is. That is a purposeful attempted setup, if you're stupid enough to take it. Yep, and, and they didn't. So this is a non-issue, but it's all about the meeting. See, when I listened to the Dems on the cross-examine for the past two days, all I have heard, uh, all I have heard them assholes saying is they're still doing the Russian collusion thing. Nobody's buying that. No, not anymore. Nobody is buying that. And uh, I'm just telling you, these people, they absolutely blow my fucking mind. And it, it just blows me away the idiocracy that the Democrats have to actually they either willfully live in la-la land or they actually have swallowed the Kool-Aid, brother. I I don't know how how else to say that, BZ. Here's something that that as as I said, we are just experiencing This is just the tip of the iceberg, the tip of the proverbial iceberg. And the people it's turning out bit by bit, person by person, week by week, month by month, the people that are turning out to be the actual obstructionists, the collusionists, the, the people that are actually corrupt are, for example, okay, here's a story 
today about Comey and McCabe. This came out of the Washington Times. Comey refuses to testify to Congress. Comey was saying that at, he, he was supposed to appear in front of Congress yesterday. And then a spokesman for Comey yesterday says he's out of the country, which is really fucking crazy and insane because the day before yesterday, Comey managed to be in Iowa. I happened to look that up myself on this crazy ass thing called the Internet. Then right. Grassley says to Andy McCabe, well, Andrew McCabe just now pled the Fifth Amendment. He's not even going to appear at all. He sent his attorney in to say, I'm pleading the Fifth. Now, this is, if this isn't the perfect example of how corrupt your FBI truly, well and truly is, or was, and I believe is still a great deal corrupt, James Comey, James Jimmy the Leak Comey, The number one dude for the FBI refuses to be accountable, refuses to appear. Andrew McCabe, the number two guy at the FBI, the assistant director whose wife was running as a Democrat and took money from the governor of Virginia to $1.75 million. But hey, Andrew McCabe and his wife, they're not connected at any level at all. Comb, or excuse me, McCabe pleads the Fifth Amendment, just like Lois Lerner, and he's not going to say a thing. But what I will say is this, and I don't know if you remember, Kaiser Schuff, but about two months ago, there was a story, and I used to have an audio cut from this. I don't know where it is right now, but essentially what Andrew McCabe said is, if I'm going down... Lots of other people are going down. Well, you know, Andrew McCabe isn't facing just an indictment for, yeah, you're going to get fined $500,000. No, he's facing a criminal indictment, as in, I could do hard-ass time behind this indictment. So he's not going to talk right now, but I'm wondering, hey, wouldn't you like to to throw a little flip burger on Andy McCabe? Well, here's the thing. Paige instructs, did you talk this over with Andy in Andy's office? And uh, this is in their memo, right? Instructs, he's turning. So McCabe has to do, he has to uh, shut his mouth and fifth up. And that's just for self-preservation, honestly. Because uh, (laughs) when you think about it, Struck's going to tell all. He's got to. Because Strzok is looking at him and Paige both. Strzok had oversight on both investigations, both the Hillary yes. investigation yes. and the Russian investigation yes. because he was a Russian SME, subject matter expert. Bingo. Uh, now, Beantown uh, Billy asked a question real quick, and he was right. Henry Greenberg was the name the Russian used, uh-huh. but it was a fake name. And then he goes, well, it doesn't sound Russian to me. <laughs> and, yeah, of course, because it was a fake name that uh, the guy was like, I need $2 million. You know, that's not that new. It was, but they both thought he was just Eastern European. They didn't think he was Russian, but they both made amendments. The other guy, I can't think of his damn name, that introduced Stone to him. But uh, it's out there. He's been on Tucker Carlson numerous times. He was the one who was crying on Carlson that he was losing his house and stuff. Oh, and, Caputo, and Michael Caputo. Caputo, Mike Caputo, that's it. 
and he he was on Carlson, you know, teary-eyed, yep. saying, "Man, I wish I never would have introduced." Heard that, and that's why you have Stone uh, looking at crap now, and they're even going after AJ, which is a joke. But anyways, the, there's just so much fuckery afoot, and you are right. Here's the problem: the once vaunted FBI. Any anytime somebody goes to a court case now. It's not going to be hard to have jurors, any fair-minded juror, and point out, yeah, they framed the president, man. What do you think they're doing to me? Well, let me tell you what would happen to me if it was proven that I lied in open court or that I couldn't be counted upon or if I couldn't be counted upon for my probity and honesty when conducting an investigation. Number one, I wouldn't be conducting investigations anymore. Number two, I would face an IA investigation or an OPR investigation of my own when I worked for the FBI. And yes, I did happen to work for the FBI for a short while. That having been said, each and every case that I worked would also be gone over with a fine-tooth comb and likely reopened if it was a serious case and people did actual time behind them. And I myself could face civil penalties, loss of my job, and if the local DA decided to push the issue, a criminal application as well. Why is it then that none of these other fucktards are subject to that Equal application of the law across the board? No, it's just not happening these days. It's not happening at all. I think it's going to, brother, because honestly, just like I said, the once vaunted FBI, well, now you think about this. Every case that struck worked or Paige had a hand in. Yep. uh, Every page that the AD had a hand in or Comey had a hand in. They can now get overruled. Once this thing comes out, look, they haven't even, all they're doing right now is Hillary's investigation on whether the FBI did the right thing, okay, with her thing. That's all they're covering right now. Yep. The Trump investigation is still ongoing. And then the leaking investigation is going. There's like how many investigations that stemmed from Hillary? And the problem is people forget the Hillary investigation was asked for by the Democrats. Yes. Yeah. That's how it started. It wasn't the Republicans. And now you have every Democrat saying, well, this, that, and the other. Okay, well, you started this, baby. So we just got to see. But honestly, that's what you're looking at. Just like any... Just like when I was working for the government, you know this, man. We talked about it. If I would have done this shit, same thing. We'd be toast. Just like you said. Yeah. It, it, there's real ramifications. And not only that, people, they don't understand. And and it becomes a part of arrogance. You've seen it in law enforcement, dude, where somebody's got a big head, they're a cop, and you know the type I'm talking about, the badge heavy. Sure. Part. And, and they act like the rules don't apply to them. And they don't realize even your search engine on your home computer, if a good defense attorney thinks that he can get his client off, he will apply for every record from your home computer stuff. 
So if you've ever gone to a site that's dodgy, even even researching a cake, then all of a sudden, guess what? That if can they can prove something. Sure, that can be or make up. it sound. Yeah, and you're done. Well, here's they also let themselves they left themselves wide open what I consider to be a a completely unnecessary exposure, because as a defense attorney, if I were, say, Paul Manafort, the the longer this goes on and the more is revealed of that proverbial tip of the iceberg, the more as a defense attorney for, say, Michael Flynn and for Paul Manafort and for Michael Cohen as defense attorneys for those three guys in Papadopoulos, just as an example, the more is revealed, the more I can make an argument saying that these investigations were tainted from the very beginning and applying the fruit of the poisonous tree uh, doctrine. I could argue, I think cogently, that information discovered in an unlawful fashion by any of these actors, say Peter Strzok, for example, leads yep. could obviously lead a jury, a grand jury or otherwise, to conclude that this information was tainted for the get-go and that evidence should be removed from the very beginning. And because of the fruit of the poisonous tree doctrine, that could potentially take these guys off, take them out of jail, remove their cuffs. I could see making a really good argument for that kind of that kind of thing. Maybe not immediately, but I still think we we are still going to find oh so much more crap to come. Oh, like I said, the ass the jackassery, man. It it's a foot and you know it's going to get discovered. That's the problem is now they're under a microscope and it's systemic. In all honesty, when Obama was putting all the leakers, quote unquote, in prison, right? Remember when he was doing all that? Yeah. That was when he was cleaning out all the intelligence agencies, all the law enforcement agencies, right? even the military and stacking them with his admirals, generals and whatever, right? Right. And that's why you saw the quick march as soon as Trump won of Mike Rogers going straight to Trump Tower. Trump had to move his entire operation out of the tower because he knew it was being monitored to his place over there in Long Island or yeah, Long Island. So uh, or no, New Jersey, I'm sorry. So he had to move his whole operation to another area. And that was because Roger said, look. I ran a check. This was not authorized by me. And they're unmasking everybody in your campaign. This is what's going on. And guess what? Mike Rogers is going to testify. So, I mean, it's going to go to the top. It it will. You know, Valerie Jarrett, she made her little ass covering final email to self. Right. She did everything by the book. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, methinks thou dost protest too much. Here's one one final thing before we go. Uh, if we think recriminations aren't aren't going to occur or aren't about to occur, I think Devin Nunez has just about had it. He said we're getting close. Nunez says impeachment is on the table for Rod Rosenstein. Congress has demanded documents and the DOJ has obstructed from the word go. And I think Congress is finally getting a little bit tired of it. They're starting to actually show a backbone. I say things 
may be changing in the not too terribly distant future. However, that's having been said, it's time for bye bye. And well, uh, I agree, brother. Uh, Kaiser Schuff, thank you ever so kindly. I'm going to have to have you on again when we can uh, devote uh, either a full hour or screw it, maybe even the full two hours to uh, talking about stuff just like this. So, uh, my brother from I'm another good. mother. I thank you with all my heart. Thank you for being on the show tonight. And folks, I hope you also have enjoyed listening to Kaiser Chef because the dude is full of information and knows what the hell he's talking about. Well, having said that, I think maybe it's time for me to say this. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, thanks for listening to the Bloviating Zeppelin's Berserk Bobcat Saloon Radio Show, live and direct here on the SHR Media Network. If you want to contact me, you can find me on Twitter at BZEP, on my blog at bloviatingzeppelin.net, and you can send me hate mail like everybody else does. Why not you? BZ at shrmedia.com. Promotional consideration by the Lockheed Martin Skunk Works and the Boeing Company. If it ain't Boeing, I ain't going. Also... By Pratt and Whitney Engines Thrust, you can trust. Thanks also to my personal KC-135 Kettle One refueling team, with whom I will be consorting in less than an hour. My tiaras are by My Little Pony. Tonight, my greatest thanks to Kaiser Schuff for being on the show. Thanks to you for listening live. Thanks to you for being involved in the chat room. Thanks for listening in podcast. And Sackheads Against Tyranny, theoretically, will be on tomorrow night. Same bat time, same bat channel. In the meantime, folks, God bless. Take care. Be safe. Good night. Everybody quiet down now and get some sleep. Good night, everybody. Good night, Mama. Good night, Ben. Good night, everyone. Good night, Mama. Good night, Daddy. Good night, children. Good night, Daddy. Good night, Elizabeth. Good night, John Boy. Good night, Jim Bob. Good night, Jim Bob. Good night, Jim Bob. What's going on? I was asleep. What's everybody doing? Good night, Good night, Jim Bob. Good night and good luck.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.